Here we go. It's time to shift our schools. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools podcast. Shifting Our Schools is created and produced by Jeff Udick and David Carpenter. Shifting Our Schools podcast is released under a Creative Commons 3.0 share like license. In other words, if you like what you hear, go ahead and use it. Well, I'm going to do a quick summary of your talking about the infrastructure. And then if we could go to what are some present day Web 2.0 kind of solutions for storage, communication, okay. uh, content management. All right? Okay. Okay, right. very good. So, so, Chris, what I'm hearing, I took a couple notes here, and it reminds me, I was at uh, Hong Kong International School for for five years, and um, Francis Thong was the head of our IT. And the money we were paying for those uh, Microsoft uh, Office every few years to to pay for that those reoccurring costs that's a big no no. I'm hearing from you the whole idea oh, yeah. of getting away from proprietary software, and one of the biggest ones we so many of us are seeing out there is Open Office or Neo. Office. Yes. And the whole idea on the, uh, the working in the back room, the infrastructure is, is getting into Linux, and mm-hmm. uh, it, and one of the things being international, and you know, I heard you point this out to me, finding local staff who have the ability to come in and and work in Linux, and, and it sounds like you know. We, Open up m- machines and be able to uh, to adapt and w- maybe work with some older technology. But hey, you gotta you gotta pull a MacGyver there, yeah, to make things yeah. work. That's right. Um, um, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but that I wanted to. What else? I, I, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, um, one of the surprises for me um, was the, the the vast network of of um, Linux people that are out there and they're not in the places you would expect and and um, every major city has usually far more than one uh, what's called a lug a Linux users group and um, you can you can basically do a web search and you would have no trouble finding out who they are and and you'll find that they're hobbyists um, mm-hmm. you know they're guys who in another generation might have been you know souping up hot rods or something in the backyard, but these these guys are uh, not all. We keep uh, they're they're pretty handy with this stuff, and they meet maybe once a month or once a week, and they're experimenting. and And by and large, they're a really friendly lot. and uh, And I've availed myself of their services many many times. You know, they're more than happy to come in and do a do a uh, an install fest on a Saturday or something like that, and and uh, so I have no doubt that the cities y'all are in right now, you you could uh, in, in a day you could probably find a, a nice handful of guys who are willing to work with you and help out, and and um, so the expertise is there. It's always for hire. It's just there, and. Uh, 
kind of just fits this very uh, this wallet sharing in a way. Are you using are you uh, Linux at Monkira? No, we're not. <laughs> Much to my chagrin, um, we are Apple in the back room. Apple in the front end, so um, and I, I have no issues with with a- Apple's uh, Apple computers for the users. I I do have Apple in the server closet, um, and uh, and in, and as I've been consulted in the past uh, on, on a few of these things, I actually, for example, they had tremendous issues with email, and I, I just said, you know what, Windows Exchange Server. And get it now. <laughs> Just, um, uh, if, if they're willing to pay for it, they can get the local expertise and get it up and running. They've got to fix their their problems. Um, I would like it if they did. Um, and we we may soon have. I think we're building a Windows 2008 uh, server, Windows Server 2008, which does have hypervisor. So I begged them to give me uh, a piece of the virtual machine. And so next install there, and and, um, and and then start putting some services on that. Okay. All right, David. Well, uh, where do you want to talk yeah. about where you're going, and what are some of your needs at your new school that you're thinking yeah. about? Um, and, and, and as I was saying before the show, I'm I'm going to be totally in the classroom, a history teacher, but yeah. in speaking yeah, yeah. the technology director, I'm going to be doing everything as as an instructional technologist working on the side. So when you look at the solutions out there for Web 2.0 and um, whether it's a tip management system like a Moodle or Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. collaborative document storage Mm -hmm. like a Google Docs, what are some uh, areas where you would advise a school like mine to say, do this instead of buying extra server storage area. Right. Use this instead, for example. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, you know, I, I, I mentioned um, in Latvia that I had bought some uh, thin clients. I bought them from a Canadian company called Kulu. And um, the problem was these, these little thin clients I bought were kind of lost leaders. I got them cheaper than, than, they, than they would nearly be on the market. Google's model was to, and I, and I think I gave up on this, was to go into developer, I mean, uh, semi-developed or undeveloped countries, and and sell this package, a server, that would be a terminal server, and um, and then these thin clients, and uh, and then uh, just put a, a, a build the router right into that server, and then get a Google Apps for Education account, and um, a very elegant uh, uh, model. And uh, I, I don't know where the money is for them, and that's probably why they, they quit offering it. Um, all, you, all you really needed was a reliable Internet connection. I really like Google Apps for Education, and, um, and I'm, I'm really pushing it as a solution um, here. And, and I, I think I'm going to get some traction next year because we uh, are continually uh, uh, trying to figure out what to do for you know, email with students. We have we have some serious network issues, and they're not network issues. They're not bandwidth issues. They are server issues and storage issues and that sort of thing. And we run out of uh, quarter space for kids and that sort of thing. And um, and this notion that you can't get to your from anywhere is a it's it's just it's, it's an old old fashioned notion. You, know, you want to be able to get to your work from anywhere. So I'm a, 
the advocate of uh, for education, and uh, I have built a couple of Moodle servers. I'm a, I'm a great believer in Moodle. It's a wonderful, probably a, a, a top of the line bit of open source software. Um, there's a, uh, an e-portfolio system that uh, is a good, good, uh, good mashup with Moodle called Mahara. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What's and um, I'm sorry. What What's the uh, e-portfolio system? Yeah, uh, the, the e-portfolio is uh, the system is called Mahara. M-A-H-A-R-A. Okay. It's um, I'm I'm afraid it's a Linux only solution. Okay. And um, but uh, and they're they're just beginning to um, to to. To uh, get it hooked into Moodle, you know, where 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 the accounts then are uh, uh, kind of a single sign-on uh, with Moodle, and uh, Moodle, you know, is just I think poised. I think Moodle 2.0 is probably within the next year, and I think there's going to be a complete tie-up then with this Mahara. And um, and developers I know right now are trying to work on a on an easy way then to to add to the ma- to the mix uh, the Google Apps. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But clearly you can I mean you could link to Google Apps uh, as it stands right now. Just your Google Apps would be out you know in the cloud and the Moodle stuff would be local. So those those three those three tools to me. Give you a pretty nice end-to-end um, infrastructure, whereby kids get the interactive with one another. You know, the Moodle offers uh, you know chat capabilities, offers uh, forums, and and uh, and of course the ability to change documents and grade documents and the whole nine yards. And you extend that out to Mahara for, for older kids who are doing portfolios and want to have those portfolios available online. And, uh, and, then, and then Google Apps, of course, gives you the, the option to, to have kids share documents and collaborate on documents. And I've done it to a limited extent with a handful of kids, and, and, uh, and, and I've definitely done it with teachers. In fact, I started using Google Apps. Um, Google Plus as collaborative documents with, with teachers because, you know, they, I mean, uh, hard to get on they start using it, and then they're going, holy cow, and, and, and anybody see the use of this for their kids, you know, kind of blind. Yeah. Um, and I would add to that, too, you know, for, for me, the one thing that I preach no matter where I go and I'm doing presentations is I think at this point in time, the number one thing that any school could be spending their money on is bandwidth. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think, you know, as far as putting stuff in the cloud, you know, one thing we started looking at here is that even if you just go with just a a basic education count through Google, as soon as you give every kid a username and password, they've got seven gigabytes of storage. But getting access to that storage is is where the money is. And so if there were schools that were on on small budgets, uh, I would find the way to get the fastest connection you can to the web and use the resources there for doing as much as possible. You're absolutely right. You know, our connection here at our school is a radio connection, and and, uh, every day I walk to school and I see these – the national telecommunications company out there digging up and putting in, you know, a smurf tube full of fiber optics. And I stopped to chat with a couple of the guys, and for sure they're running new fiber, and they're, and, and they're upping bandwidth in the neighborhood. And I went to our business manager and saw everybody down there talking to the to TM people, and 
you know, bundle about four or eight of these uh, into our building. We want a we want a dedicated line. We want our eight or sixteen gig. And you know, we're a big client. We're a customer. You would think that they would uh, that they'd cut us a deal, and and we'll see if that happens. I I, I certainly hope it does. But but you're. And, and the initiative in the United States that I mentioned earlier to get technology into rural areas, the focus was on the backbone and on the bandwidth. It was there. Schools made their own decisions about how they were going to deploy, the, you know, the hardware in. In but but the, it was the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission in the United States, uh, was really intent on making sure that that schools had their T1s or their D3s or their you know bundled DSLs uh, to make sure that they could get the bandwidth because somebody back in the 90s in the Clinton administration was seeing the cloud out there they could they could see it in the future and that's what they were aiming for. You know it's 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 interesting because I think. You know, as we talk about this, I one thing that I'm, I'm pushing our school to do here at ISB is to really move away from using the server as a storage server. I think we got into this. Yeah. You know, every kid has a, has a folder or had, there's a shared class folder on the network, and every kid's got yeah. Dropboxes in there. And I'm trying to yeah. move that all around so that's all web-based. And I think if you're a school yeah. on a budget, I mean, that's where I would be spending my storage as well. Is I would I would set up one server, and you know, in Saudi Arabia, our server literally was a rundown desktop computer that we just filled with as much RAM as we could fit in it. And then we just yeah. started adding external hard drives, literally plugging external hard drives via USB, sure. and then USB was still 1.0, um, you know, into it for storage for storage places. Sure. But we were just sure. running, we were running Linux, so you just have a Linux yeah. box, and you can drop all of this open source stuff onto. And uh, yeah. that's one thing that we're starting to do. And in, in, you know, we're right now we've spent probably under $500 at this point. And what we have set up here at our school is we've built basically a little portal called iConnect. And from uh-huh. iConnect, kids can get into Moodle. They can get into their own WordPress. We have a WordPress MU installed, yeah. so the kids have their own blog. Um, we have yeah. Elg installed, which is the open source social networking. Um, yeah. we, we haven't found yeah. a good wiki solution yet, and I just posted a link to all of the open source wikis uh, that are available oh. out there. And I've tried a bunch of them, but yeah. none of them are just as nice as, say, WebPaint or Wikispaces. So I still haven't found, Wait, haven't which found one that you, part you? of it. So. We, we actually we just actually bought a subscription to uh, PB Works, um, and it used to be called uh, PB Wiki. Yeah. The PB standing for peanut butter, and this was because it was supposed to be that simple uh, to use. And and I think they're the biggest uh, uh, wiki out there, and they're used by a lot of large commercial concerns. Um, but one of the attractions, there were two primary attractions for $800 a year. And we're not talking about an open source solution. We're just talking about a solution that, in, in my estimation, works. Um, but it's $800 a year for, the, for this package. I can have up to 1,000 users, unlimited storage, and, uh, and it has document storage. So they can just, they can, uh, uh, any kid who has an account, can upload all kinds of files. There's not great file management on it, but 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 it is unlimited, and um, and we can sign students up um, without emails. Uh, we don't have to have email accounts, and uh, and and we have all the way down to page level control, so a page or a workspace, and and uh, and that sort of brings us kind of 
toward, towards that notion that that these kids can stash their their stuff there. Now, obviously, they're only going to be putting stuff there that they're going to use on that wiki. But and and Moodle also has uh, um, some pretty. If you if you don't mind mucking around in Moodle, it actually does have uh, files uh, a file storage capacity. There's a there is a module called File Manager um, that you might want to take a look at. And um, tweaking some of the code, you can actually. Oh, I think we just dropped him. Right, that's right. I'm sorry. Hmm. Well, I thought we dropped you there for a second, but you came back. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never left. Uh, so you actually. There are other technologies. We starting to really drop. Uh, web dev. I'm still here. Where you um, give your your file outside? Where are they? Are. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Chris. You're Chris, you're, bro- you're I'm here. Yeah, yeah I'm here. You're coming in in and out. Why Why don't we move? Yeah, uh, yeah, why don't we move to our uh, blog post of the week? And um, Jeff was able to find some web resources to to support what you were just sharing uh, about the mm-hmm. e-portfolio um, and, and for, for schools that are trying to put that whole portal together um, Jeff just shared a, uh, an image, a diagram of what they're doing and it all comes back down to that, um, that idea of planning and knowing what oh, yeah. the needs of your, your kids are and, but what I'm hearing from you though is there are going to be some things that you're going to go, this is where we have to spend our money. Jeff's saying, and you're agreeing, well, you've got mm-hmm. to get the bandwidth. And then for your, yep. for your current school, you're saying, this wiki, uh, PB wiki is just worth the money for you all. And for someone yeah. else, it might be wet paint or, or you, you put it right. on your own yeah. server. So you've yeah. got to pick and choose it is. You've got to go in with a plan, yeah. and, you, and you've got to get the personnel okay. to support it. Yeah, we our our issue here, and this is I suppose uh, it is a school issue. You know, understand that I'm just an IT facilitator here, so I'm not a decision maker, and and uh, and and so I can't actually do anything in a, in a server closet. So when people come to the tech team and they say, "Hey, you know, we want to have a wiki and we want to use it with our kids," uh, they're as likely as not they're not going to get support from that team to actually install anything locally. They may or they may not. You know, for me, um, it was an easy sell, I think, to the school to, to spring the $800 and, um, and go with this. With the, with the, I did a lot of research on these. I looked hard, good hard at, uh, at Wikispaces, and it came down to uh, Wikispaces or PBWiki, and, and, we, and we took PBWiki for a couple of reasons. But um, yeah, but you know, it, it is—it's not inconsistent with the notion that that's just what the cloud is. I mean, the cloud is going to be some of the stuff is here, and some of the stuff is out there. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting because I was actually at a little um, little store here in Thailand, just down the road, and they had a bunch of Acer laptops. And all I was, I went over, and of course I was just playing with them, and they were all running Ubuntu, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah. I found that interesting that they were just sold straight on Ubuntu, but Ubuntu is so amazing nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, what they've done in the last couple of years, 
They've come so yes. far. So they've really come. That's a whole show I've written next year. It's the idea of a net is uh, like a MacBook, you know, high, more high end, or maybe something in the middle. Just talk about the strengths and weaknesses of each. And I know people have written articles about it, but yeah. that let's save that one for next next year because that's a whole discussion in itself. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've got a right. couple uh, web links uh, for the week. The first is um, something that, of course, is a little self-promotion, but uh, that's the way it goes. It's a, a new book just came out called Wired for Learning, an Educator's Guide for Web 2.0, uh, of which I actually wrote Chapter 19. And Chapter 19 is called Planning for 21st Century Technologies. And what it really talks about is everything we've talked about here tonight of, of what are the open source uh, ideas that are out there, how do you install them? How would you put them into your school? What kids can do with each of these? Um, I even go through that chapter and put together a couple things like you know having a having Moodle with Elg or using Drupal as your whole school site, and then adding yeah. something like a, a Moodle and a WordPress MU on the back end for students, uh, and give just yeah. a bunch of different scenarios on how how I would see kids interacting with this with this very fluid moment. So that book was just released. Cool. Uh, you can buy that on the web uh, for thirty one ninety nine. And uh, it's a great. It looks like a great book. I haven't actually got my copy of it yet, uh, but it was just released, and, and it's got a couple different things about Web 2.0 tools and environments and user-centered design, um, and, and goes through a lot of different case studies. And mine's one of the case studies of, of building an actual program. Uh, another one that is near and dear to my heart, and it's, uh, you've probably heard me talk about this on the show before, is uh, University of the People. Uh, which is uopeople.org, actually opened their doors and are now taking applications for fall semester. So uh, their website has changed, and I was just reading a little bit ago. Uh, It's really interesting. I love the approach they're taking. I was reading the student responsibilities piece, and under student responsibility, they have this anti-cheating policy, and there's just one word about, um, it says, the resources we provide, such as student forums and online learning resources, uh, unite the needs of our global community. We work diligently to prevent misuse, but the chose, but the choice to act with uh, academic integrity is your own. And that's all they say yeah. about cheating. Is like you know, and, but that's the whole school's philosophy: is it's up to you as a learner. And it, they really put the yeah. the onus back on them. And then the third link I shared is one that uh, that I've spent a lot of today on, uh, and still need to get through it. And this one's called Mobile Learning Institute. Uh, and what it is is it's a bunch of videos that are just fantastic. They are high-quality videos to share with your, your school or administrators. Um, I just got done watching one. Um, Alan November did one for them called Myths and Opportunities. I watched one done by uh, Larry Rossenstock, who it's all about project-based learning at High Tech High. Um, they're just fantastic videos uh, that you'll find yourself starting and then wanting to watch. And you can even download them. So you can download them and share them with your staff. As well, so it's just uh, so those are my three links for the week. I know we usually only do one, but you know me, I've always got stuff to share. Excellent, excellent, cool. Uh, Chris, do you, do you have a, a a blog post or a book or something you'd like to share? I'm I, I don't actually. Um, uh, I, I am maintaining, I, I, and I should have actually pulled a bunch of this stuff together. I do have my own wiki um, at uh, chrisblessing pbworks.com and uh, and I'm I'm just in the process of getting that populated um, and and I I actually endeavored uh, as a way of offering some additional PD to our to our own staff uh, yes and, uh, 
we have extreme difficulty getting the kind of PD out to our staff that they need uh, to use these tools. Um, and so I, I, I started to, uh, down that road to offer that. And so it's kind of a kind of a mixed bag if you take a look at it. But I, I will be working on it. I had a blog for a while um, on WordPress. I'm moving a lot of that content um, over to this wiki. The wiki is proving to be a little bit more useful uh, for me. What, what I will do um, in the very near future is um, I'll also be pulling links to, to open source resources, uh, resources uh, to that to that wiki as well. So that's Chris and uh, .pbworks.com. All right. I've, I've got it. And, and as you update that, uh, our listeners can go and check that out because I think what you have, you've shared some excellent uh, information with us, and especially those of us that don't have a background on the uh, technology uh backbone part of this Um, for me jumping in let me scroll down the page here Uh, I in competition with my partner there Jeff have three (laughs) well I planned ahead I didn't know you were going to have three (laughs) (laughs) thought I had you this time (laughs) all right Um, one and I just uh, I just put it up on UTech tips over the weekend Uh, two professors from the William and Mary, um, Judy Harris, who's been big in telecollaboration going way back into the uh, late 1990s, and Mark Hofer, who I went to Google, and we've had on the show. He's a Gentech right, podcast yeah. where he was since he retired and the difficulties among the egos of the Gentech boys, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> All right. A little inside humor from that talk. Um, they put together a wiki, going with the wiki talk, where um, they put together a lot of the normal learning activities that teachers use and assessments, and they align them with various technologies, most of them Web 2.0, that support them. And I know uh, various people have done this on the web. Kim did that as well. And um, I just think it's a, it's a great idea when you go to teachers as an instructional technologist and you ask them what they're doing that's working, and then you can go, oh, well, maybe this technology might be able to enhance what you're doing. And so I like, I like that. That kind yeah. of validates. Yeah, it's a good idea. The other, the other thing I was going to bring in a very different idea about saving money, and, and I've been at a, in the last seven years, one big high-powered Asian school and now a, a, a small school the last couple of years. And one thing I've tried to push is the idea of saving money by joining the virtual high school. And if you're not familiar with that, that's where a school would join. And, it, and under their main membership plan is one of your teachers would teach an online class through their network, and that would allow dozens of your students to take classes. And one of the big things with a lot of international schools is the three of us know and have experienced, whether you're at a really big school or a very small school, your your biggest expense is salaries. And so if you've got those three students who, who need calculus XYZ and, and there's just no way you want to find someone to teach that class uh, and just how much it costs to bring them in, well, wouldn't it be nice if the virtual high school has someone that's teaching that class? Yeah. So that I think that's a way a school can use use a technology resource, virtual learning, to save some money. Yeah. And then the, the last one, 
is a report came out, uh, the Consortium for School Networking, COSIN, uh, released a new study about uh, district administrators that, that they found that a lot of them found that these administrators understood the importance of web for teaching and learning. <clears throat> but what they're finding is, this is kind of a no-brainer, is they're really not using it very much. Yeah. So that was uh, that was a big study that I think told us something we already knew. So that yeah. you know, the question is, what are the barriers and, and what's getting in the way and in the United States? So those are my uh, blog posts or websites of the week. Very cool. Sounds great. great. Uh, our last episode of this season is coming up next week. Uh, David, do you want to talk about what we have lined up for our last show? Yes. Uh, John Micton, we've been working with him for uh, for a bit, trying to times so that we could get together. And he's going to meet with us again, and he, he met with us earlier in the year, and we had a great discussion. And our essential question is, how can we help teachers take more risk in their teaching? And uh, that is one of those themes that comes up again and again. And how do we shift our schools? Well, we, we start with really everyone in the learning community from the students to the teachers to the parents and say learning is about taking risk and how we're going to help people do that excellent yeah. and that's great good yeah, guy, good guy. Yep, nope that'll yeah. be great yeah all right well that's going to wrap up this show uh thanks chris for joining us tonight we uh, appreciate it Be back next Thursday with John Micton from the International School of Prague. And until next time, keep shifting those schools.